Welcome to the Journal.ie's The Explainer, where every week we take a deep dive into a different news story. I'm Sinead O'Carroll, and this week, how have the Healy Rays never lost an election? That's 22 elections in a row. 22. Incomparable. The latest came in the local elections as Jackie Jr., Johnny and Maura all topped the polls in their respective Kerry electoral areas. Amazing stuff, but this podcast could have had a very different name. What was the biggest blunder of Bertie Ahern's life? That's because ahead of the 1997 election, Jackie Healy Ray, the original, decided he'd had enough of being Fianna Fáil's man behind the scenes in Kerry. Although he was on the local council, he did want the bigger gig. Please give me a chance to run and I'll be faithful to you forever, is what he said to Ahern, or so the story goes anyway. Ahern didn't pay heed, Fianna Fáil selected other men and the Healy Rays decided to go out on their own. Jackie won the seat and the rest, as they say, is history. But it's actually also the present and most likely the future. So to delve right into the history as well as their current Man City status, I have in studio with me columnist and former Irish Independent editor Jerry O'Regan and the Journal.ie's Ronan Duffy is back. You're both very welcome to The Explainer. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Ronan, first off, can you give us a, just a glossary for people who are listening? Who do we need to know and what positions do they hold for the remainder of this conversation? Um, well, the one thing you need to know and people might be most familiar with is Michael Healy Ray and Danny Healy Ray. They're both TDs. Um, Michael Healy Ray is the longer serving of the two, whereas uh, Danny Healy Ray was only elected in 2016. So they're in the doll. Now, we also have three in Kerry County Council. Two of them have been there previously. One is a new one on the scene. We have Johnny Healy Ray and Maura Healy-Ray, they are the children of Danny Healy-Ray, so a lot of Healy-Rays going on here. And the new one we have elected this time around was Jackie Healy-Ray Jr., and he is the son of current TD Michael Healy-Ray. And their numbers were quite phenomenal at the local elections. Can you give us a feel of how well they did? Well, I, I can. Every single one of them was elected um, on the first count. So Johnny Healy-Ray topped the poll in Kilmare, uh, Maura Healy-Ray topped the poll in Killarney, and Jackie Healy-Ray Jr. topped the poll in Castle Island. And the new kid on the block actually got the largest in percentage terms of the three. So very successful election for all three of them. Jerry, before I ask you the million dollar question about how they do this, let's just go back a little bit about where and how this all started with the Healy Ray political dynasty. Well, I think it started with their father and um, I think um, allowing for the fact that he's from a relatively remote part of the country, I'm not too far away from there myself, um, I think his, his story is a remarkable one in a way in that he grew up uh, down there in the 1950s, which was a fairly grim time in Ireland generally and certainly down in South Kerry. South Kerry was ravaged by emigration during the 1950s and it's interesting that he went to New York but he decided to come back. And not many stories like that. There's not many stories and not too many came back for good. But he came back and in a way he showed himself to be a man of diverse talents. And he certainly showed, I think, the kind of thing which he has passed on to his sons. And that is an extraordinary work ethic. In actual fact, he won a county hurling medal with Kilgarvan. And, you know, county Kerry hurling medal. <laughs> well, hurling is really only played in North Kerry and yeah. this is down in South Kerry. And I think the only side to ever win a, um, a county championship in, in the last 50 years has been Kil Kilgarvan. But perhaps that was a sign of his diversification <laughs> capacity for, for same. So what did he work at when he came back from New York? So I think I think he tried his hands at various things. One of the things he, he got involved in the plant hire business, I think, way back then. And he obviously was dabbling in farming. 
And most interestingly, he was playing the saxophone in a local band, a bit like the ballroom of romance and all that kind of thing. And he obviously, as well as sport, music, farming and sundry activities, he also got involved in politics. And he was a Fianna Fáil man. He was a Fianna Fáil man and his ghost wouldn't mind us saying that he, he became a very good Fianna Fáil fixer, so to speak. Like he knew the constituency, he knew the local area, he knew the local people and he was personable. And he helped nudge the party to a lot of electoral success down there. But then eventually he felt like it it was his time? Eventually, and I think legitimately so. You know, he had done a lot of the groundwork. And as as you said, uh, as you said, he, he, uh, Fianna Fáil made, perhaps being far away from that part of Ireland, made a strategic mistake by... Uh, not giving him the go-ahead to run for the Doyle. So like many a spurned politician before, he decided to run himself. Would you have known then, say in the, the days coming up to 97, that it was a mistake for Fianna Fáil not to choose him? And was it clear that he would have been able to go out on his own and get the electoral wins that he has gone on to get and, and that his sons then went on to get? Well, you see, there's always a lot of machinations as to who runs on the you know, the ticket, for, particularly for one of the main parties. And often you have the situation whereby, you know, either a, a candidate is sprung into the constituency or somebody who's a local sports star or somebody who's well got with the party hierarchy. And very often the person who's been doing, doing the plod uh, is overlooked because they're deemed as not glamorous enough or maybe not as electable enough. But uh, the thing is, Jackie went and... You know, he 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 won the seat, and there there lies the the formation of the dynasty, if you like. Yeah, he he was eminently electable, uh, Ronan, despite what Fianna Fáil may have thought then. Well, I, I suppose what it looks for well, what you can learn from that is, and political parties can learn from it, is that you cannot take anything for granted. You cannot take votes for granted, and when you have somebody who's on the ground and who's getting the message out there and is doing the fix, fixing like your message, and they are delivering electoral success like he had done as dele- director of elections, and also like. He done on the council you can't forget about that and you know do so at your peril yeah how do people feel about them now down in Kerry well I anytime I go there anytime you mention to anybody you know I mean from Dublin you know their success has been phenomenal and some of their statements on various issues from a metropolitan point of view you know, we might disagree with. But the one thing that everybody acknowledges and says, whether they're either on their side or with the opposition, is their extraordinary capacity for work uh, in the sense of political work. And that, that they also have, as we know, been involved, uh, are, you know, are involved in various businesses, you know, from property to farming to plant hire to owning a pub and a shop, etc. But certainly they are, if, if, if you like, the classic rural political machine, if you like, where nobody dies without a Healy Ray send-off or perhaps nobody is born without a Healy Ray arrival. And just on that, like when you mention, you know, some of the stories that like metropolitan media, as we say, might pick up on, you know, there's kind of a feeling that, you know, that feeds into their philosophy and that feeds into their electoral success that they are being undermined. But there's also the opposite. People would say, well, they know what they're doing in, you know, in getting that kind of reaction. Do people perhaps in Kerry also feel like they also know what they're doing in that regard? 
Or will they do know what they're doing? And, you know, a popular misconception, which is often made, is that um, metropolitan or, say, Dublin politics isn't necessarily local. I mean, it's a cliche, but all politics to an extent. I mean, all you want in Dublin is, you know, certain road widening or the felling of some trees or, God forbid, <laughs> the arrival of a certain kind of site. And suddenly everything, it's not so much our, the, the attitude of the local politician to uh, Brexit, but how they stand on this particular local issue. And the Healy Rays, I mean, look after number one, which is Kerry South. And if you like all the issues, they, you know, that affect, if you like, people's lives. And I think, you know, we will talk about things like the Gregory deal, for example, of how you might have differing standards for Dublin politicians and Kerry politicians. But you also see it, you know, currently with things like, uh, with things like bus connects and so forth, all the debate around, you know, gardens getting shortened in Dublin. You know, these are the kind of issues that had it been happening in Kerry, you know, people might kind of disregard them when suddenly it can bring a stop to a whole planning stages up in Dublin. Yeah. Absolutely. How does that work ethic manifest itself? You talk about the political work ethic. What does that look like in Kerry in the constituencies? Is it about potholes and going to funerals or is it more than that? Oh, well, it's, it's obviously more than that. I mean, in the sense, you know, it's uh, clientelism, I suppose, is the trendy word for it. But, you know, it's to do with people making sure they get their rights. You know, you would perhaps have a slightly older population in parts of South Kerry, you know, where people would need assistance and issues with the, the Department of Social Welfare, perhaps. But they also, I mean, things like roads and issues to do with farming. You know, a classic case in point is they're at odds now with the green phenomenon because they don't quite agree with, uh, shall we say, the fixation and climate change. And, uh, or Danny, even its existence, maybe. <laughs> or Danny says it's an act of God. Sometimes their stance, I think, touches on core concerns, um, which is sometimes lost, perhaps, in the metropolitan debate. Say, for example, climate change or some of the green issues, if you like, will become a big issue if it really starts affecting people's lives and hits their pocket. Oh, you're talking about carbon tax or carbon farmers having to change how they do things. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of similar to another thing we mentioned earlier when it comes to Danny Healy Ray. A lot of the things that he got publicity over the last couple of years has been his opposition to, you know, more stringent uh, drink driving rules. And, you know, what you have to bear in mind sometimes, and, you know, they make this argument forcefully, is that when you bring in legislation like this, it does affect people in rural areas in different ways than it does in Dublin. And, you know, they're not shy in, in arguing that. But is there a sense of that there, there is a bit of a caricature around the Healy Rays as the quintessential rural TD who does just care about, you know, the very minutiae of the rural issues? Does that play against them in any way down in, in Kerry in their electoral areas? Um, I don't think so, um, because, the, and in actual fact, it helps them publicity-wise. I mean, Michael Healy Reyes appears on an awful lot of national radio and television, very often perhaps as the token outside of the M50 <laughs> candidate. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it, it doesn't do them any harm electorally at all, I, don't, I wouldn't think. You know. Is it a disservice? Ronan mentioned uh Tony Gregory there and his deals are often seen in a really positive light that he did amazing work to get money for the regeneration of certain areas of Dublin um, when Jackie Healy Ray did the same he made a deal with Bertie Ahern in, the 19, in 1997 and those deals kind of continued on throughout his time as a TD they're seen in a much more negative light they're seen as like the worst of parish pump politics is that fair? 
Well, I suppose it's, it's, it's not fair in one sense in that all politics, to an extent, has an element of horse trading about it. You know, some people are appointed government ministers because the government wants a geographical spread or they appoint somebody because they voted for them in the leadership eve. You know, so there's, it's not the cleanest of businesses in that sense. Um, sometimes when you see it blatant, you know, like uh, that somebody wants X amount of money for their vote, it might be a bit cringy, but you'll find in the local area it does them nothing. I, I think sometimes, you know, people can be forgiving of, not only forgiving, like they encourage local politicians to, to work on local issues and, you know, that's pretty much what TDs are there for. But I think what gets people's back up is when that overtakes, you also have a responsibility to people outside your constituency. And that's when we see things like climate change and drink driving. Yes, you have to think about your constituents, but also as a TD, like you're not a local councillor, so you do have a responsibility in the National Parliament to be a, bit, a little bit more broad. Yeah, because we mm. saw a lot of anger against Danny for the climate change and Michael Healy, Michael Healy Ray for the drink driving comments. But then you see the electoral results at the locals and people in Kerry are voting for them in in larger numbers than they were before. Well, the drink driving, I must say, many people would blanch at that because, you know, given the horrific nature of road accidents in Ireland and the ongoing battle to try and make roads safer. And of course, there's an issue with social isolation and that kind of thing. But uh, many people would certainly not be happy with that. But as you say, the proof of the pudding is in the ballot box. And uh, I just noticed between the three offspring, if one could call them that, (laughs) they got 8,743 votes. That's a lot of votes in a constituency under the name Healy Ray. It's 33 councillors now carry county council and three of them are Healy Rays. So that kind of shows. Yeah, that that, that kind of shows that um, uh, I, I think probably the thing is the local people or the local electorate field, they have their quirks and oddities, but they shrug their shoulders and say, well, look. It makes them as powerful as a political party. Well, I think when you say they have their quirks, like it's very much part of what you might term, you know, a Healy Ray brand. They have this kind of eccentricity about them and it that doesn't hinder them in any way. It makes it very, like you said, you compare them to a political party and that's kind of how they would act. You know, in that way we saw in 2016 when they did win two candidates, they were very clear in a demarcation about who should vote for one candidate in one area and who should vote in the other. And it was sell, sent around in a pamphlet just in the same way as any political party might act. So, you know, in that sense, yeah, yeah, they could be described as some kind of political party. And Michael Healy Ray wears the hat as well. Is that the obviously cap. the cap? Sorry, <laughs> the cap. Yeah. And, and that's obviously a political thing handed down from his dad or the idea that he needed some branding. Yes. Yeah. I, I, well, I think it probably started off that he, uh, you know, and just started wearing it. But then it became such a thing. You know, it's like Mick Wallace with the shorts. Then, you know, these, as we all know in politics, these kind of things are good, you know, in the sense they make you stand out. One thing that strikes me is that, um, you know, a lot of studies have been done with, you know, the succession in businesses and the difficulty of the keeping sure that the third generation stays on track. In other words, the business is founded by the driving forceful singular personality who started off in this case uh, Jackie Healy Ray yeah. and then the sons are very much fashioned by him so they're very much into working at the business and keeping it going which in this and growing is, it and growing it in politics the third generation will have come to it in a much different sphere and I think in many ways a, a, an issue for the family it's not I'm sure their primary concern at the moment but in a way they have to manage this this success if you like 
Are you saying they're coming to it in a different arena because of the maybe they're a little bit more privileged or it might come a little well, easier? Ab- absolutely pr- more privileged. I mean, obviously, this current generation compared to Jackie growing up in, you know, the 1950s are, you know, a different world altogether. So, you know, if they, they just need to be watchful. Uh, you know, a classic case in point is the Kennedys. You know, you'd... President Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy and all those. And then you're the driving patriarch, old Joe Kennedy. But the current generation of Kennedys have faded away. And just just to touch on that, you know, when we talk about branding, you know, perhaps what their most famous brand and what they push more is the fact that they don't lose. Like the fact that they win all the time and the fact that they get Mm. things done. And that's something that is very difficult to maintain. You, you, You mentioned the 22 odd consecutive elections they've won. But they also talked this up themselves. And I was kind of having a look at some of the comments of, you know, the different generations of the Healy Rays and disperse this out. There was a famous uh, time in 2007 after Jackie Healy Ray won his election. He gave this speech in the back of a truck in Ken Mayer. Michael Healy Ray spoke at the time and said, nobody, nobody, nobody will ever beat us. Now, last week, <laughs> Jackie Healy Ray Jr. made a similar post on his Facebook page. I took a look at it and it said, the person who thinks they can take this seat off me, I honestly believe that person hasn't been born yet. So the new fellow. <laughs> That's De- forward, Jackie, Jackie Jr. is what, 24 years old? 24 years old. <laughs> now, definitely on message, but it certainly, you know, puts a lot of pressure on you. Yeah. yeah. That's a, how do you deal with that pressure where you're seeing you're in this dynasty, you have a local council seat? I presume they're expected to move up to Dublin at some point. You mean as, as the all deputies? Yeah, as yeah. all deputies. Well, yeah. you see, but you know, they've two at the moment. I don't see them getting any more than two doll seats, you know. So they're I keeping mean, them warm for when so, they want to leave. So they're keeping warm. But keeping seats warm, as Jackie Healy Ray found way back, <laughs> can be a difficult thing because sometimes people won't vacate it. Or the person, when they do vacate it, you find somebody else backside sitting on it just as you're about to move forward in there. So in a, in a way now, they have to plan for success. You know, and, and succession, it, it, perhaps. And it is way. worth noting, you know, there is a lot of pressure on perhaps new generation. It's worth noting that Jackie Healy Ray, he didn't have a stress-free run election. Um, he's currently under prosecution for an alleged assault in Kenmare in December 2017. Now it's a charge that his solicitor says has been contested and it's due back in court next month. You know, but obviously didn't affect how he performed in the election, mm. how he performed in the election last week. But it just demonstrates that when you have the Healy Ray name, it's a it's an excellent advantage. But it's something you also have to protect. It is mm. a huge pressure. I was really struck by seeing the pictures of Michael Healy Ray talking to Jackie Junior after his election, and it was very much like a manager after winning a semi final. It was like, okay, well, job done. It, Part of the job is done now, but you actually have to go and work really hard to, yes. to get what you want. It was and a warning to him, like, you have to work for the people now. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose that's the thing, you know, um, and they have been so, enjoyed so much success electorally, you know. But one thing is for sure, the dynasty is safe and sound for the immediate future. I think that's a good place to end. Thanks very much, Ronan. Thanks very much, Jerry. <laughs> And now after that chat, to get some more information um, about the Healy Rays from the the man who literally wrote the book about them, Donal Hickey is on the line. Donal wrote The Healy Rays, A 24-7 Political Legacy, I think three or four years ago. Hi, Donal. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Sinead. Uh, One of the things that I wanted to get into is we kind of know about their electoral success. We've been talking here about how they've won 22 elections in a row. Uh, We didn't really talk about how they campaign in those elections like how do they manage to get poll topping results and massive shares of the vote every single time 
Well, they would say it's because of the hard work that they all do in the constituency, and um, which is true, of course, because they are, that they are they are voracious workers, and, and and people find that they're they're very approachable. They're available twenty four seven virtually. They are at everything from funerals to hurling matches, football matches, opening of pubs, anything at all. You'll meet a Healy Ray there. So they have the same ability, this approachability. They're very good with people. They're good mixers. They enjoy people's company. They're, as I said, very, very approachable. And they have a delivery rate, which is second to none, obviously, you know. What that they're approachable, you'll see them in the local area at matches, but do they run constituency offices or do people have their phone numbers or or how does it actually work day to day for them? Well, they have offices, of course, and and, um, mobile numbers are known to everyone in the constituency. They're very easily contactable. They they specialise traditionally on old style campaigning, uh, door to door canvassing, even after mass meetings in this day and age, you'll find them outside church gates on Sunday mornings. Uh, huge postering, very high profile in the constituency, very much on the ground. Could call back to a house two or three times if there was no one at home, they called first. So they have this this thing of people contact being number one. And is that all something kind of passed down from Jackie, the original Certainly it is. He set the template, really. A lot of the time, the, the picture is painted as, as once a local has an issue, they'll be good at fixing that issue. But is there particular stuff that they're better on? Yeah, well, they're intensely local in their approach. Everything is local. And roads would be very strong. Health is another very important area. They have been organising, you know, buses to Belfast for cataract operations for people, for instance. They're very strong on, on uh, planning, for instance, rural planning, one-off houses in the countryside, things like that. Uh, farming would, would, would be another strong area for them. Do they have any political rivals down there at all, or is it a very much a everyone respects and um, is happy that they exist down there? Well, it's the, their profile is very high. Their popularity is obviously at its highest ever. Uh, they have, they have of course, opponents, but uh, you must appreciate that this is a very tight family network, two TDs, three county councillors, all working as a team. And it's very hard to beat that. They work together, they cooperate, they share experiences, they discuss problems brought to them by clients, they sort it out as best they can. They have a policy as well of if someone comes with a problem to them, okay, they'll work on it, but they will always come back and say, you're entitled to this, we fail to get that, whatever. They always return to the person. So they're really, it's all about service to the clients, really. One of the things that I'm interested in is obviously we know Mora as the local county councillor, but we don't actually see many of the women Healy Rays um, and their role in the whole operation. Well, it's very much a background thing. Mora, of course, is a councillor. She's Danny's daughter, uh, Paul Topping councillor as well. She's also a secondary school teacher. She is the most prominent of the Healy Ray women as such, but others are behind the, the scenes. Uh, I know that they're working in offices, they're making phone calls, they're doing administration work. They are very much there, but, but in the background. The pressure of the of the young on the youngsters now, someone like Jackie Jr. to to be as good as his father or as his uncle, is that something that you think they'll be able to live up to? I think they will because they've all been schooled in politics from a very young age. They were out canvassing, postering, sending out letters. I saw them 
as the, you know, as kids inside the election offices for years back. So they've all been bred into it, if you like, and uh, it's, 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 you know, second nature to them at this stage. Just one final question, Donald, just on the kind of, I guess, caricature sometimes of the rural TD that Michael and Danny both kind of fall victim to a lot of the time from, I guess, what would be characterised as Dublin media, um, probably down there. Is that something that really annoys um, constituents down there or is it something that people have got used to or what pe- what's people's feelings about it? I think people have got used to it at this stage. There is this dim and us attitude, you know, the code in Dublin looking down on us here in rural Ireland, this kind of stuff. I think the Hillary has actually capitalised on that and they don't take too much notice of it. They all take, Their main issue is if... The Helia Reyes can do the work locally for the constituency. That's fine with us. It's an absolutely fascinating story and I'd say plenty more books to, to write on them. Thanks so much for joining us on The Explainer. Thanks, Donald. Thank you for listening to The Explainer. This episode was brought to you by executive producer Christine Bowen, producer Aoife Barry, and tech operator and editor Andrew Roberts. Thanks to Jerry, Donal, and Ronan for contributing. I'm Sinead O'Carroll, and we'll be back next week with a brand new topic. In the meantime, check out some of our other episodes. Last week, we looked at the possibility of an EU army. There are also episodes on the new heartbeat bills in the US, Patrick Quirk's conviction, measles and vaccinations, returning ISIS members to Ireland and why Dublin doesn't have a supervised injection centre yet. If you're enjoying the episodes, please leave us a review and rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you and see you next time. Thank you.